Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. This morning I have the honour to be able to share with you and continue our I Am series. I don't know about you, but I think this has been an amazing series that we've started. Pastor Brunson has done such a good job of it. And this morning I am going to continue it. So this morning, um, obviously we're in a series called I Am. Why don't you turn to someone next to you this morning and say, I am. I can't hear you. I am. I am. Do you know, in life, there are times where you have to tell people who you are, don't you? I'm Gabby. I'm a mother. I am a wife. I am Italian. I am a foodie. I am a boss. I am a lover of coffee, or as my husband would say, a caffeine addict. Do you know, all these statements help you know a little bit more about me, don't they? And they give you a better picture of my character, uh, maybe what I value and my interests. Well, in the Gospel of John, Jesus makes seven I am statements. And that shows different aspects of his divine nature and his relationships with us, his relationship with us. Did I say that Jesus makes seven I am statements? Did I say that? I'm sorry. And if it's important for you to know who I am and and for me to know who you are, it's much more important for us to know who Jesus is, isn't it? Hey, You know, in week one, we looked at the statement Jesus made and he said, I am the bread of life. How how amazing is that? He's that bread that doesn't go mouldy in your cupboard or doesn't go old, doesn't go stale. It's just like food is essential for our life. He's the essential spiritual bread for our lives. And then in week two, which was last week, Pastor Bronson spoke about the statement Jesus made, saying, I am the light of the world. Do you know, into the world of darkness and sin that we live, Jesus comes and shines the light of his grace okay, and truth upon us. And through him, we won't walk in darkness. But instead, we get to walk in his light. That's and, you know, that's an amen moment there, church, hey? It's amazing. So if you missed any of those messages, can I encourage you, get onto our podcast or our YouTube channel and watch them, listen to them, because they're encouraging words for you. But why don't we just pray this morning, once you close your eyes. I just thank you, Father, this morning for every person in this place. I thank you for the reasons that people came to church today, God, that you will meet them. Holy Spirit, your presence is here today. You anoint my words. You open people's hearts to receive. And we thank you for that in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Now, I mentioned before that I have children. I have three children. But my youngest son, Roman, he is five years old. And at the moment, we are teaching him to read. Yes, so grade prep, that's the read. The pictures and then tries to figure out the word from that. Um, or repetition, they learn by repetition. But who that English is a funny language. It's quite an interesting language. And, you know, letters sound different based on the letters following it or preceding it. Um, And then we have some interesting sayings in our language, yes? We have some interesting things that we say. And it's actually one of the hardest languages to learn, they say. So not only is it hard, but we have these strange sayings. Let's, let's listen if we've um, ever heard of some of these. I was over the moon. Yeah? And you're like, what? Are you an astronaut? Are you an astronaut? No, it actually means what? You're extremely happy. Yeah? So you're over the moon. Or how about this one? 
you're barking up the wrong tree. Odd, hey? Like someone's barking like a dog at a tree. So if you think of this, someone's trying to learn English and we have all these (laughs) stupid sayings. But no, it doesn't mean that there's a dog barking at a tree. It means you're making a wrong judgment call or a bad judgment call. You're getting something wrong. You're misinterpreting something. Or what about this one? It's going to cost an arm and a leg. Wait, what? I have to pay with my body parts for this thing? So no, it actually means that something is very expensive. You don't have to literally pay for it with your limbs. But odd sayings, aren't they? And we've probably heard a lot of different other sayings before. But today we're going to look at an I am statement from Jesus that at face value doesn't actually make a lot of sense. But it has great importance and truth for us. So why don't you turn to the next person today and say, I'm looking forward to this preach. No, I didn't hear you. I can't hear you. Come on. Thank you. It's good on you, Michaela. Good job. Learning. Let's get straight into it. Let's get straight in. John 10, 7. If you have your Bible, turn to it. Otherwise, it'll be on the screen. It says this. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Another I am statement. Statement number three from Jesus. I am the door of the sheep. Do you know, it's a pretty unusual statement, isn't it? The door of the sheep. What does that mean? What does it mean? Well, today I'm going to shed some light on what Jesus actually means by that and importantly, what it means for us, what that statement means for us. So first things first, Jesus is a door. Okay, what? And who are the sheep? Like, did Jesus come and try and bring a ministry of animals? Like, is he a modern day Noah? Is that what he's, he's trying to do? Like, why is Jesus, talk, Jesus talking about a door? And why is he talking about sheep? Well, most of you will probably know the answer because you, know you know the word. But I want to make sure that we're all on the same page here today. So I'm going to unpack it for you. We'll talk about the door aspect shortly. But in the Bible, sheep is used as an analogy for people. Yep. Specifically, the disciples and followers of God. That means when the Bible, when Jesus speaks of sheep, he's talking about you, me and us. So now you can turn to the person next to you and say, hello, sheep, because this is who we are today. Hello, sheep. Do you know, Jesus often used real world world scenarios, for example, calling us his sheep to help people understand the concepts and principles of God he was trying to explain. You know, it's likely that he tells the crowd, I am the door of the sheep because there maybe were sheep nearby. Let's just try to remember the times that they're in, yeah? There's a lot of shepherds, there's a lot of fields. You know, perhaps there's sheep being led past on the way to the market, maybe in the surrounding fields that people are, that they see as they walk home from work or the synagogue. Or, you know, he's trying to tap into something for people who are listening to help them understand the picture he's painting, Right, And these people knew that sheep are kept in a sheep pen, aren't they, to be protected overnight. And these sheep pens, they might have had um, some sort of, they've, they've often got a structure around them and it could have been stone walls or perhaps just a wall made of timber. It may have been as makeshift or as simple as just some branches around the edge, um, around a square or a circle. But there is always a deterrent on the walls. Yes, 
And that is either thorns or it was uh, briars. If you don't know what briars are, which I didn't, it's prickly plants, yep, with thorns and things. To stop thieves or wild animals getting into the sheep pen. Because that sheep pen is a place of safety and security for those sheep. A place of goodness for them. So there was only ever one way through into that sheep pen and that was through the door, through the gate. Yeah. So Jesus is saying to them and he's saying to us, if you want what is on the other side, what is inside here, you have to come through me because I'm the gate. Yes. I am the door. So what is the Jesus... What is Jesus the door to? What is he talking about here? Let me share two thoughts with you today on what Jesus is the door to. And number one, Jesus is the door to salvation. He's the door to salvation. You know, my husband Bronson and my son Ethan, who is my second son, he's 13, they sometimes watch this YouTube channel of this guy called, I'm not sure if I'm going to get the name right, Bronson, is it Eunice Yulmeza? Something like that. And he goes around America and other parts of the world and he does tours of homes and yachts, like amazing homes and yachts, yeah. I'm not talking about the kind of homes or the kind of dinghy that we would go fishing in. I mean, these are 10 million, 40 million, 120 million dollar homes and these are 7, 14, 25 million dollar yachts. They're really high-end things. But if that is your home or that is your yacht, I'll wait for my invitation one day. Happy to come along. Do you know, this episode that they were watching was of an old military artillery storage facility with over 200 nuclear fallout shelters. And they were built during the Cold War between Russia and the West in the late 50s and 60s. And this entrepreneur, he was redeveloping these sites and creating homes out of these fallout shelters. There was only one way into each of these shelters only one way, and that was through a huge, big, heavy steel door. It was the only way in. You could only get in one way. Just like in these fallout shelters, through the door, it's the only way through, the sheep only have one way to get in the sheep pen, through the gate, through the door. And any person, any visitor, any shepherd has to go through that door. Otherwise, they can't enter. There is no other way. In John 10, 9, it says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in, go in and out and find pasture. Do you know, Jesus is saying today, what is he saying? You want salvation? You want rest? You want pasture? Then I am the door that you can enter through to receive those things. I'm the door for that. And what does Jesus want us to do? He, want us, he wants us to come through the door to find that pasture. He wants us to enter. He wants us to find that place of rest. And, you know, he's a door open to anyone and everyone. There are no conditions on this door. There's not a notice that says you have to be this, you have to be that to open the door. Do you know, it doesn't matter race, colour, creed, religion, gender, the door is open to everyone who wants to walk through. If you're not excited by that today, you need to stir something up in your spirit. God has the door open to anybody who wants to walk through it. That is an, a wow moment for people today. 
Do you know the flip side of that is this. Anyone who doesn't come through the door is lost or is on the outside. That's a, that's a scary thing for some people, hey? Acts 4.12 said, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men but men by which we must be saved. What does this mean? That means that Jesus is the only way. He is the only way which we can follow God. Only way. He's the only way of salvation. There is not, there aren't many doors to heaven. It's not like you walk up and there's this whole selection of multiple choice. There's no multiple choice. There's one door, one way, and there's not multiple gods. There's only one way to God, one way. Do you know, and I want to repeat what Pastor Bronson said last week. He said, you know, if you're, if you're here today and you're not following Jesus or you're here today and you believe in another religion, that's okay. That's okay. You're welcome here. We actually want you here. Jesus wants you here. And regardless of that, we're going to love you. We're going to support you. We're going to care for you. We're going to pray for you. No matter what you believe. And here's the thing. If you would invite Jesus into your life, you will experience what many people here have experienced before. That Jesus is the door to salvation. Do you know, I'm going to give you an opportunity today, if you haven't made that decision, to accept Jesus into your life. Do you know, the scriptures have this to say about entering through the door, the gate of Jesus. Matthew 7, 13, 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. The door of Jesus is narrow, hey? It's not easy to go through it. So what do we have to do? We have to repent of our sins and place our faith in Christ. And he's saying, what are sins? Those are the things that break the law of God. They're the acts that break the law of God. And what are they? Lying, coveting, stealing, cheating. That's what sin is. You know, it's much easier, isn't it, to just follow the crowd and do whatever we want, yeah? Do what everyone else is doing. That's so much more simple. It's wide, it's smooth, it's an easy way to go. And if we keep going and make no changes in our life, we can do whatever we want. But there's consequences. And what's the result of that? The easy, wide way leads to what? Destruction. It leads to destruction. It may seem amazing and feel amazing while it's happening, but at some point it will lead you to destruction. But by going through the narrow door of Jesus, we can have life, both here in this world and after we die. And that's something that we need to get a concept of. It's not just about now. Our life is a mere vapour. It's so small in comparison to our eternity. And Jesus is that door and he alone offers the path to true salvation. So number one, Jesus is the door to salvation. Number two, Jesus is the door to an abundant life. Amen to that. Abundant life. So let's look at what Jesus says in verse 10. He says, 
The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come that, may, that they may have life and have it abundantly. Abundantly. Do you know, church, that's great news. But no one seems excited here today. Abundant life. That is great news. I want that. I'm not sure about you, but I want that abundant life if the keys would come. But what do you think about when you think of an abundant life? Now, let's not be all super spiritual today. When you think of an abundant life, what do you think of? Money in the bank. Well, okay, I'm just going to show my lack of spirituality today. I think of money in the bank. I think of the best cars in the driveway. I think of a wardrobe that is full of designer clothes. I think of men, the biggest toys you can think of, the biggest boats, the biggest whatever it is for you tools, I've got them. I think of the biggest jewellery and diamonds that are flashing on my hands that I can get. Yeah? I think of the most amazing holidays that I'm going to have floating in the Caribbean on my yacht. These are the things I think of. I am, yeah, we all do, but clearly not, Bronson. I'm just here today. <laughs> we all do, don't we? Do we? We do. Abundant life means abundant possessions. True? Well, no, actually, it doesn't. Is that what abundant life means? Then maybe an abundant life means no problems in my life. That would be nice, wouldn't it? A life free of drama not experiencing bad relationships or health issues, never having fear or anxiety or worry, escaping the pains of life maybe that you've seen your parents go through or your friends or some family. An abundant life means free of suffering. Is that right? Well, no, it actually doesn't mean that either. The abundant life that Jesus is talking about is having a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's a joy in the midst of your hopelessness. It's a knowing that God loves you unconditionally and without ulterior motives, totally unconditional. It's being patient and kind in the midst of hostility. That is the abundant life that Jesus promises us. That is the abundant life that I want today. That is the abundant life that I want for you today and your kids and your family. That's what we want today for our church. That's what we want. Do you know, the abundant life that we have in Christ should never be limited to physical blessing. And the abundant life that we have in Christ can never be diminished by physical suffering. That is an amazing wow moment just there. Do you know, there's another path we can go down when we think of an abundant life. We can think of an abundant life that is found in living a devout moral life. And what's that? It's being a good person. And everyone, if you talk to a lot of people today, they talk about being a good person. And we create this checklist of things we can and we can't do. We grit our teeth and we try our best not to sin. Yeah, and we try and tick all those boxes. The problem is that we hope that by doing all the ticks, crossing everything, that we'll be made right before God. And that he'll bless us with his abundant life, joy and peace. But we find just like possessions, 
And just like being devoutly moral, what does it do? It leaves us empty. It leaves us absolutely empty. Do you know, we may look really good to people on the outside, all shiny, all polished, all sparkly. But in the, on the inside, there's this great dissatisfaction in life. There's a hole in us. Do you know, so what does the abundant life of Jesus offer us? What does it offer us? Jesus offers us freedom and he offers us rest. Someone needs to hear that today in their heart, that Jesus is offering you freedom and he's offering you rest. Do you know, you're able to lie your head down on your pillow at night, fully confident and secure in Christ. Do you know, that is something that people struggle with, the ability to sleep in a security of knowing that everything's okay and someone's got you. You know that no physical gift can exceed what you have in Christ and you know that no moral failure can make you lose what you have in Christ. Someone needs to hear that today because that's an exciting and an amazing promise. Do you know, Jesus came that we may have life and not just life, but abundant life, to have it abundantly. This is a free gift that you can never, ever earn. Do you know, I'm excited by that. It's nothing that I can do or that I have to do. It's already there. I just have to take it because it's a gift. It's an abundance that far exceeds anything in this life and what it can offer. And that's exciting too because sometimes this, this life just offers yuck stuff, doesn't it? Hardship, worries. And it's an abundance that cannot be diminished by anything that life throws at us. Amen to that. So today... Jesus, number one, he's the door of the sheep. Number two, Jesus is the door to an abundant life. So today, Jesus is saying something to us, to you and to to me, to people on the live stream. He's saying, I am the door of the sheep. I am the door of the sheep. I'm the door to your salvation. That's what he's saying. I'm the door to an abundant life life. But do you believe him today? Sometimes we think it's just words. It's not enough just to know what Jesus said. It's not enough just to know. You have to actually believe it. You've got to believe what Jesus said. It's got to pass through this knowledge in the mind to enter your spirit and be something that I actually believe. That takes an That takes a conscious effort to change that way, not just knowing, but believing. So we're declaring today, yes, Jesus, you are the door of the sheep. Do you know, it's not just something that happens. You have to make that declaration in your life. Yes, you are the door. You're my door, not just someone else's. You're my door. You're my door to salvation. And then the declaration to take up that promise that you're my door to an abundant life. You're my door to an abundant life. It's not just for someone else, church. It's for you. But you've got to believe it today. Do you know, these are thank you, Jesus moments. When you can grasp the fact that we have a God who offers you salvation. And then you can also grasp the fact that you have a God who is promising you an abundant life. That is, thank you, Jesus, for that. Do you know, we're proclaiming it because we believe it. It's not just head knowledge. We believe it today. 
So Jesus today is offering you, me, us, his salvation. So precious. And Jesus is offering you, me and us, his abundant life. Don't turn your back on him today. That's so easy to do. We turn our back. But let's enter through the door. And you say, why? Because you know what? He's waiting at the entrance, waiting for you. Do you know when you visit someone and they open that door? When you walk through, you knock on the door and you open it. That's what Jesus is doing. He's standing there waiting. He's waiting to greet you, to enter into that door. So today, Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep. Why don't we close our eyes today? Thank you, Father. I just thank you, God, for these incredible promises that you give us. You don't just let us do life and go on our way, but you give us promises that are true.